We are proud to announce a new sponsor for this podcast, Augie's Locker Room. Augie's Locker Room, which is located less than a mile away from Notre Dame Stadium, was named the best Notre Dame's collectible shop in the country. This shop is amazing. If you are a passionate Notre Dame fan and are looking for that special Notre Dame piece to complete your rec room, Augie's is the place to go. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one-of-a-kind rock knee items. They have an exclusive Joe Montana signed items. If Augie's doesn't have it in store, he will find it for you. Visit AugiesLockerRoom.com or stop in at 1811 South Bend Avenue and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. AugiesLockerRoom.com or call 574-277-NDND. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Notre Dame football show from blueandgold.com. I am Ashton Pollard back from vacation last week, and I am joined by Mike Singer and Tim Hyde. How are we doing, everyone? Go first, Mike. I'm great. I'm going on vacation next week. So it's true. Um, I, I'm, I, I was at lunch with a buddy today who I'm going on vacation with. And I was like, dude, like, I feel like it's the anticipation. That's the best part about all of it. Like, it's just, yeah. this week is just, it's, it's like two weeks of vacation. Cause I'm just having a good time this week, you know? So yeah. Great week. There Fair you enough. go. Yeah. Tim, uh, how about you? Va- uh, summer vacation means you're one day closer to college football kickoff. So that's the positive. So that's the positive. Fair no, all good. All, all good's here. Getting ready to enjoy a beer with you guys and talk some Notre Dame. On that topic, what kind of beer are you drinking? Mm. You know what? My go-to this summer has been Harpoon, which is a little brewery outside of Boston. Love it. Mike, how about you? We uh, don't have much in the Singer household right now. Um, And about 10 minutes before we started recording live on YouTube, I grabbed the first thing that was in the fridge. So it's it's kind of like a – What's that, Ashen? What is it? I'm scared. you know, Chocolate it's, it's kind of like a pre-vacation drink. I, I don't know what this is, but it's a it's a Bud Light Seltzer Cocktail Hour Strawberry Daiquiri. Don't make fun of me. Interesting. It's the first thing that I grabbed. Um, it's not bad. It's not is it out of one of like the pool pack type of things? Like High Noon has a pool pack now that's incredible if you have not had it. The Kiwi one. Oh, my God. They're so good. Um, I assume that's probably what Bud Light's doing, too. Thank you, Chief Brody. I sure. really appreciate that. Sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> My wife grabbed it. I don't know what it is, but it's good. Okay, fair enough. Um, I am not drinking because I drank a little bit last week and have decided bit. to uh, take the week off from drinking. So oh, there you go. Good for you. Cheers. <laughs> um, all right. Anyways, moving into our typical routine here. So if you are not familiar We start every show off with a best thing you saw this week, something related to Notre Dame. It does not necessarily have to be football, but something related to Notre Dame. So, um, Tim, would you like to go first? Sorry, I caught you mid-sip there. Sure. No, that's fine. It's fine. Uh, Mine was something I I know you posted on the message board. I saw you post it as we were talking about. Isaiah Foskey was the little tweet from uh, Todd McShay hyping him up. Finally, as I like to say, I know we've been – chatting about him in our little text group of like, you know, the disrespect I feel he's had nationally. I, yeah. I really do. He's, he's been in a lot of top 10 list, but it, yeah, to me where his ranking is, he's always like third team all American or honorable mention. And no, I think he's going to have a monster year. He's had a heck of a first three seasons, big play after big play. And um, 
it's Notre Dame. Hey, when Notre Dame's been great historically, it's all about a QB, and they always have one stud pass rusher. So we know they got Foskey going yeah. forward. This, I feel like – oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say – I mean, there's one play highlighted was one of the biggies, obviously. So well, this is the best thing you saw this week. This Todd Mashake tweet was awesome. I, just, I loved it because it was Isaiah Foskey. And I know, you know, you know, we've had a little, you know, text a few times talking about topics. I'm like, when are we going to talk about Foskey? Because sometimes there's just no love for this guy. And he's not a it's, quarterback. It's amazing. So I feel like it. nationally he's being overshadowed by Will Anderson. Who came like he came in as an outside linebacker. Fossey came in as a defensive end, but they're both kind of now edge rushers, so they're getting coupled together. So it's always what's Will Anderson doing because Will Anderson could very well be the number one overall pick. Um, but I feel like that's probably why. But I think Fossey also deserves some love, so I'm glad. Exactly, glad that's that was my best. Just a little bit of love, some national love from a big uh, NFL pundit out there. So I enjoyed that. Absolutely, Mike. How about you? Yeah, mine was just here recently, um, and I, I was thinking about kind of going a, um, uh, a a different route and, and going like a uh, a thing that actually pissed me off. But I decided let let's let's let's. I, I think we're gonna save it to a little bit later in the show. You know, once okay. you know the uh, right. the the strawberry daiquiri Bud Light seltzer really kicks in but mine is going to be um this story that uh, ashton um wrote today titled how a relationship between notre dame offensive line and mission barbecue extends beyond a typical nil deal everything's bigger than us in quotes that's a long headline ashton but i feel like you all need it yeah well first of all thank you i appreciate that but yeah i was debating not putting the quote in but then the quote's kind of like the big part and obviously you have to say notre dame you have to say mission barbecue and you have to say nil because those are the three things that have to be in there so then i just gave up and thought whatever i'll just make really long and people can deal but thank you i appreciate that so i I, big reason why this is my my best thing i've seen the past week not only to, to, to throw some love towards ashton pollard but i just think like so much on social media that I see in our message board at blueandgold.com, go sign up for a dollar for one year, is negative towards NIL. It's like, oh, yeah. this school is buying this recruit. And then the other school is like, oh, the other school is buying this recruit. It's just like, it's just all, oh, everyone's just getting bought. This, like, Ashen, you are very much on the, let's look at the good in NIL. And this is definitely that in Notre Dame has done a really good job at NIL. They're not going out and buying kids, which is not in the rules. Um, you know, explicitly at least, you know, I, it, that's a different discussion for a different day, Yeah. but this Notre Dame and, and mission barbecue thing that launched, what was it last September? It was July. It was like yeah. a oh, couple days after NIL. I think it was the seventh. It's yeah. It's it's early July 2021. So this is kind of the one year anniversary. It also kind of goes with the July 4 theme. Also, things kind of settled down a little bit and I had time to write it. You know, all three of those things. <laughs> so I, I definitely, folks, go to blueandgold.com, check it out. But can you just kind of give it, you know, yeah. any insight to the story? Yeah. So um, we spoke this spring with um, Josh Lug during when we had uh, the opportunity to speak with the offensive lineman and also with Z Carell. And um, they talked a lot about this deal and how basically if you're if you're unfamiliar with Mission Barbecue's kind of 
mission statement. It's um, they they opened on September 11th, 2011, which was done on purpose. It was intentionally done on the 10th anniversary of 9-11. And basically the, the mission is to give back to service members, whether that's military, firefighters, police officers, there's a whole host of things on their website. Um, so they have a lot of partnerships with like wreaths across America, which those are the people that um, go put wreaths on the the tombstones at Arlington Cemetery. They're partnered with a lot of military groups, um, combating terrorism groups, things like that. So when they signed a deal with the Notre Dame offensive line, the Notre Dame offensive line gets to go basically eat at mission, but they also do a lot of service events together. So like in April, they did um, a, a service event where they they fed and hung out with veterans from this, I think it was Northern Michiana, the South Bend-ish area. Um, and there's a mission located in Mishawaka. So the guys go over there, they get to eat, they do a lot of events. Um, and Josh Log and Zeke Krah both had some really good quotes about um, why it's kind of bigger that's where the quote in the title comes from how it's, it's bigger than them like yeah it's an nil deal and yeah it's cool but like that's not the purpose of why they're partnering together and there's like a personal component too with having family members that served and stuff um so yeah you should head to blueandgold.com and check it out <laughs> cool and what's yours ashton yes so lastly mine is unrelated to football um, the Notre Dame hired a new baseball coach this week, which makes me happy for several reasons. First of all, it means that the head coaching search is over. Um, second of all, his name is Sean Stifler and he is very, very good at his job. He came from VCU. Um, he's won more than 300 games. He had been there since 2011 head coach capacity, but 15 years combines assistant experience with his head coaching experience. Um, VCU made the last two NCAA tournaments. They made a super regional in 2015. So yeah, this guy's coming up from a non-Power 5 school, but he has a wealth of experience. And um, yeah, there there is. Um, and we have a lot more information on blueandgold.com as well. And then lastly, the reason why I like this is because, as you might know, VCU is in Richmond and I'm from Richmond. So uh, right before it happened, my dad sent me this text of the Richmond Times Dispatch, which is the paper in Richmond, and they wrote an article on him. And it was kind of a cool, like, full circle moment for me, just because there's not a lot of Richmond and Notre Dame connections. So, and I'm a Notre Dame fan because of my dad. So it was a whole cute little thing. Love but it. yes, he's being introduced tomorrow at 1.30 p.m. Um, it was originally 1, if you saw that it's now 1.30, but Tyler and I will be there and we will be doing an update, uh, both on this multiple updates on the site. And then we're also going to do a instant reaction type of video. So be on the lookout for that. And yeah, cool. Okay. Any other thoughts on baseball? We good? I, I, I love Richmond. I love going to Richmond for work. It's been, <laughs> that's, not, that's not a thought on baseball, but thank you. No, it's not, but it's a, it's a thought on your, your, your thought. I, I, I've always, I enjoy going to Richmond covering Chris Tyree. Mm -hmm. Um, and, Brendan uh, Clark is from outside of Richmond. He's Brendan no Clark. longer at Notre Dame, but um, he was. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Elliott. Travion Henderson did not sign with Notre Dame, but I think he's one of he the has. best backs in the country, and he's from Hopewell. Yep. Um, you know, got a great program in Highland Springs. Yeah, I love going to Richmond for work. Virginia yep. football is underrated. It is underrated. Um, on that note, we will move into our topics for today. Before we do that, make sure that if you are watching on YouTube, not YouTube, well, yes, YouTube, sorry. Um, <laughs> we switch, as you probably can tell, we switched software from our end. So I said that and was like, we switched, but then I realized we didn't, um, make sure you <laughs> hit the thumbs up, subscribe to our channel, leave us a comment. If you're listening back via podcast, make sure you leave us a review. 
All right. So we are going to start with, well, we have a couple of lists to go through today and then we're going to get into some quarterback recruiting stuff, but Tyler Horka um, pulled a pro football focus list from um, online. It was written a couple of days ago and put together um, a little article on Tyler Buckner, who is ranked the number 46 quarterback in the country by pro football focus. This listed the top 50 quarterbacks in the country. Buckner was in there at 46. And we had a long message board discussion about this. Um, and we thought we would bring it to this show too. So I can start with Tim. Tim, what are your thoughts on this list and where Buckner is placed? Uh, it, it's an, it's an interesting list. I, you know, what's the data? Is it just PFF's data they're throwing together, I guess. But, uh, I mean, there's only so much you could do with Buckner. He's, I guess he's, he's right where he needs to be until we start seeing what he does as the man with the ball, you know, full time. So it's a preseason list. Um, I like, you know, the first thing I always look at is, you know, who is obviously Notre Dame going to be playing. Yep. And then, uh, and then who are some of the Notre Dame commits, so to speak, which two are on the list and Phil Dracovic and people always forget Cade McNamara was a, a Notre Dame commit a few years ago and he's on that list. So I always like looking at some of the QBs, that Notre Dame's going to face and some obviously either on the team or they recruited nationally, but uh, Tyler, a it's, you know, what he's not going to get any love until he proves it. So I'm a Buckner fan. I'm excited for him. I, I keep going, you know, whenever I think of Buckner, I always go back to his, some of his quotes he had during spring where he was almost like pleading with people like, Hey, what you saw last year was what I was asked to do. That's all I was asked to do. And that's all I was allowed to do. So let me be the guy moving forward. So I'm, you know, I'm excited for him. I really am. I mean, you just keep going back, watching some of his highlight films from his great, you know, junior year. And then even last year, I've rewatched a handful of the games that he was in just to watch him. And um, I'm, I'm excited for Buckner, but uh, they got some good ones. They got to face in the defense and the secondary has got some high end uh, quarterbacks they are going to be facing this year. So that's uh, you got three in the top 20 right there. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so when I looked at the opponents, and I can offer my comment on the Tyler Buckner situation in a second, but when I looked at the opponents, I kind of see this in like two categories. So you have Caleb Williams and CJ Stroud up there kind of in their own little league amongst who Notre Dame is playing. And then you have Jaron Hall at BYU, Tanner McKee at Stanford, and Phil Dracovic at Boston College, who, as Tim mentioned, used to, was not only committed to Notre Dame, but spent a couple years at Notre Dame. Um so yeah, I mean, it's it's a quite the daunting, quite the daunting uh, collection of quarterbacks that Notre Dame has to face. I will say, um, if I can offer my brief rant on this list. <laughs> um, so first of all, what is Spencer Rattler doing above CJ Stroud? Can we all just talk about that? Spencer Rattler was benched in favor of a freshman. Granted, that freshman was Caleb Williams, who is very talented, but was benched in favor of a freshman and is above a Heisman finalist in this preseason poll. That makes no sense to me. Um, second, this kind of has to do with Tyler Buckner. And Tim, you touched on it of like, what is the, how was this list put together? Like what yeah. data was used? If you look at the actual PFF article, it doesn't define top. Like gotcha. it doesn't, it's very brief. It doesn't say like. It says, here, here, here's what it says. Blow our PFF, PFF's picks and it has nothing to do with pro potential. So that, that's it. Yeah. So they didn't define top, which if you're going to do that, like. 
I don't, I have an issue with like putting somebody that low because they're unproven. If you're going to make a list of proven quarterbacks, fine. Obviously don't yeah. put Tyler Buckner in there or put a caveat in this list. It's like, if you haven't started a game, you can't be included, but like to put some of these guys up there, like for example, and no offense to the guys I'm about to name, I'm sure they're lovely people, but like Chance Nolan out of Oregon state, he threw for 2,600 yards and he had 19 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Like why does that make you the number Ashton, 25? Is that, is, is that off memory? Um, no, it's sitting in front of me. Oh, I was going to say that. I haven't really thinking about impressive. it for a while. Um, <laughs> no, it's in front of me. Thank you for exposing me. I appreciate that. Um, but like, why does that make you the 25th best quarterback in the country? Or like, why, why, like Zach Calzada is on there. Like he had a 56, 54, 56% uh, completion percentage last year and threw 17 touchdowns and nine picks like that. I, I know I'm kind of looking at it on paper and we don't have time to like dive into Zach Calzada's film. But, like, I, I just – some of these I don't think with certainty you can say are better than Tyler Buckner or other people on this list. So I just wish that they had kind of qualified it more or defined top or did prove in or whatever. Um, those are my qualms. Mike, would you like to add anything? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Because My defense of PFF is this. And, I'm, look, I've been with a rankings website, whether it's Rivals or on three, four – since I was 19 years old, it's been a hot minute. Right. And lists and rankings, they're just, they're just hard. They're just hard. Everyone's going to bitch. Not, I'm not saying that you just were Ashen, but I'm just saying like, I was (laughs) naturally, (laughs) unless you're number one, you're going to complain. Like, here's the thing about like rankings on threes rankings for recruits. There's, a lot of outliers like they have a lot of players listed a lot higher than the other sites and players listed a lot lower than other sites and it just it, it just is what it is um but i just see all the time on oh, three's rankings are crap they're garbage i'm like okay notre dame fan or florida michigan ohio state alabama fan whoever it is like what would make it better if your school's players are ranked higher, like if, if your school's players all moved up, then it'd be like, yeah, on three's rankings are great, you know? So that's kind of my thing on lists. Like, wh- where do you put Buckner? I mean, do you put him in the top 10? Does that make him, you know, does that make people have, I don't, I don't, I'm fine with him not being in the top 50 or him being in the top 20. It's, it's a guess. I, I would mean, have rather had him not in the top 50 than at 40. Like, I would have just kept anybody out that has never started a game because I, I don't like, I don't know. Well, like, real quick, well, real quick off of that, who's the one name not on the list that Notre Dame's going to play this year? DJ from Clemson. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I mean, totally there's a guy that's – What the hell? And you How know, I love, on there? I love well, Gabba. Also, it's – I mean, just real quick, the whole DJ thing. I know he struggled in Clemson, but they still won 10 games. He started – he obviously played a ton as a freshman, tore Notre Dame up in that classic game in South Bend not having DJ on the top 50. Come on. Are you, are you kidding me? And real quick, being a big Pac-10 guy, you know, living in Los Angeles, UCLA's quarterback, when he's on, DTR is a stud. And he's, I think, at 36 I saw on that. You know, like you said, the Oregon State guy's ranked ahead of him. So yeah. it's it, it's a list. It's a list. But you're right. How do you have a guy that's been a full-time starter not on it? And that's, you know, when you go uh, DJ out of Clemson. So it's, yeah. it's funny. That's fair. Mike, I hear your point on the list. Like they're always complaining. People complain about the list that I make. Like I get it, but I I don't know. I just, if I was making this list, I would have put a caveat. That's like, you have to have started a game. 
Yeah, give us some more data here. Just don't yes. throw out the list without being like what this is. Yes. It's just all right. Yeah. That is my that oh. is my final comment. Anybody else have any Let's, other comments before we move to our next list? Wait, wait, wait. Well, you want to talk about lists. There's some guy that always posting these lists on Twitter. Do you see the one with he stand ranked game like boomer. Big game boomer? Yeah. yeah. Is 30, amazing. I, think, I think Harry was what 34, 35th ranked line coach. 36. And somebody responded, I forget who it was, but somebody responded and was like, why is he stand 36? And the guy was like, he's unproven. Everyone was like, excuse me? Really? Like, what? Listen, I am not here for big game boomer slander. Don't know the guy, yeah. never interacted with him. But if you can just be some random dude and make lists exactly. and on Reddit and Twitter and whatever and become a brand name, Cheers. Good for freaking you, man. Kind like you, we're talking about this guy. Kind of um, so I say cheers to him. Yes. Obviously, the Harry Heastan one is ridiculous, but like just he's just some guy. How the heck is he gonna know the top 50 offensive line coaches in the country? Like, seriously, how the hell is he gonna put that together? He just puts he probably just together. shouldn't have, but I see and your point. Having, but he can, and it's, <laughs> he it's can. he's having fun. He's yeah, having fun. Fair. So we will yeah. allow Big Game Boomer to have fun. Now, if it were me oh. doing it, I'm a media member. This is my full-time job. It might be a little bit irresponsible. Big game boomer, do your thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> what if someone's um like earner that like actually works in media? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, well, now Ashlyn's exposing me. Damn. Right. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't want to name names because if, if I've learned anything in this job, it's never name names. Um, or if you do, caveat it with no offense. Like I just said to Chase Nolan. Sorry about that. Chance Nolan, whatever your name is. Um, anyways, we can I move to our... I used to cover Oregon State, by the way. And I Chance was recruited by Oregon State, the, the my last class covering the the Beavers. So I don't appreciate the Chance Nolan slander. I still have some okay. love in my heart for Oregon State. Um, I do have um, a few comments. The, the chat is um, has been fantastic. I've got yes. like 12, 13 comments that I want to get to real quick. Um, 13? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Josh says, just looking for clicks. This is I see this comment all the time. It's like, guys, clicks does not do as much as you think it does, and especially for some Twitter click. Like, yeah, he's not making any money off of this. This is Twitter. He's just posting it for fun. He's just doing it for fun. Yeah. Um, uh, Will says Mike Singer's such a goober, um, but he cracks me up. That is kind of my shtick, being a goober, (laughs) uh, but but cracking people up. Yeah, life Um, is good. Life is good. Chief says Tim's low key goaded. Um, that is a compliment. I remember calling Lou Samoji the goat, and you know what Lou would do? Bah, be like Lou. 
I'll just joke every single time in our meetings. Um, how about Ashton for sideline reporting Notre Dame no. this year? No, I appreciate that, but no, I, I'm not. I'm not. No, <laughs> maybe Tom, one day. Tom says Singer needs a new hairbrush. Guys, that's also I, been his shtick, for what it's worth. I'm sorry, what Ashton? So that's also been your shtick. I don't brush my hair. Don't ever. admit that to people. I don't like. Well, I, I have short hair. What do I need to brush oh it for? God. I'm not as handsome as Tim. That. What's the point? Dear God. All um, right. Back to the – oh, no, we got five more comments. I love it. Ronaldo <laughs> says Tyler's getting dis, dis, complete disrespect from the national pundits. I hope he plans to make them eat their words. Um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of – That's the goal. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. Vikes says love the tie, Tim. I like, like your way. goose picture, Vikes. Yeah. It's quite nice. Um, Let's see. Another Tim Hyde look sharp. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Happy Lord. Wednesday. <laughs> um, Larry says any news on the commit date from the Louisiana linebacker, uh, Jaden Osbury? Nothing. Nothing uh, on the commitment date for him. But do still think it'll be sometime this summer, maybe August-ish. It'll probably, he'll probably commit to, you know, a school when I'm on vacation. That's just kind of bound to happen. Uh, Jay Chillin asked earlier how much we beat in Ohio State by on September 3rd. One. Brody said uh, 38-21. 31-28. Tim, what's your prediction? you got to give a score prediction right now. We're going to hold you to it. Haven't watched a few Ohio State games. Notre Dame strong on both sides of the line. They're going to pull it out 26-24, Notre Dame. There you go. There we go. 24. There you, go. you think you think we're going to hold – we, the team Notre Dame is going to hold Ohio State to 24 points? I would love that, but – I just saw, hey, everyone's hyping up Notre Dame's D. Show up, right? Game one. All right. I'm still sticking with, I have 38-24. 38? Ohio State. Ouch. Ohio State, yeah. Ooh. See, I'm setting myself up Ouch. to be excited if it's better. If Notre Dame would win. Yeah. yeah. Who would win? Um, Al, Brody, Golden. Al Golden, game one, going to give up nearly 40 points, huh? That's going to be fun. Um, again, I'm setting the bar low so that I can be excited. Okay. Chief, All appreciate right. the super All chat. Right. I do just want to fight. I, I've got right. I've got stuff loaded. Ready we need to, talk to about pros- stuff. this is also a podcast, so we need to like keep going. Or <laughs> I love it. People, people listening back are going to be like, "What in the hell is this?" Podcast? I'm, I'm reading the comments. Yeah, as Chief says Singer just wants to fight. I'm just reading the comments. Um, if I mean people listen on, com- I mean you're you're probably in the car, right? I listen to podcasts either at the car or in the gym. Yeah. Well, I mean, what else? What else? Do people listen to podcasts doing dishes. I don't know that's me and Tim's thing. Tim yeah. found us just doing dishes. Always um, doing dishes. Always doing yeah, dishes. Chris, Chris liked my comment on uh, I'm not as hand. <laughs> like, I'm taking the reins back from you. We're going to return right. to this. All right. Time. Fair enough. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank love you for comments. that. Thank you for love your comments. comments. Stop Thank leaving them so Mike doesn't do that again. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, all right. We're moving to another list. Also has to do with the current football team before we get into recruiting. And if you just joined us, remember – Hit the thumbs up, subscribe to our channel, and if you're listening back via via podcast, sorry for everything that just happened, and leave us a comment, but don't leave us a one-star review because that's not nice. I probably Um, (laughs) So next list we have, so Ivan Mizell, who is a national writer for On3, which is our parent company, released a list today of the 11 top venues in college football. I will... They're on your screen now, but I will read them for podcast purposes. So Alabama's Bryant-Denny Stadium. This is also not in any particular order. They're in alphabetical order by the school, I believe. Yes. Yep. Um, Bryant-Denny Stadium, Alabama, Mitchie Stadium, Army, Jordan-Hare Stadium, Auburn. That's probably easier to 
flip that. So Georgia's Sanford Stadium, Notre Dame Stadium, you're all familiar with. Ohio Stadium, Ohio State, Penn State's Beaver Stadium, Texas A&M's Kyle Field, the Rose Bowl, which is home to UCLA, the Coliseum, which is home to USC, and then Husky Stadium, which is Washington's stadium. So um, I can start us off or I can pass it over to Tim. Tim, what are your thoughts on this list? It's it's, it's a great list. I was... Um... <clears throat> The Rose Bowl's iconic for UCLA. Not, you know, no. I mean, you could get a ticket two minutes before kickoff if you're going to a, a UCLA game. But uh, iconic for the Rose Bowl, sure. But um, to watch UCLA play, no, no, no. Yeah, really. I would. Uh, oh, it's a great list. I've actually went on a Southern uh, tour a few years ago, and I visited Auburn and Alabama. And boy, those stadiums are nice. Alabama's yeah. is massive. And the yeah. whole surrounding area outside of it is, is awesome. So um, obviously been to SC, been to UCLA games, been to a bunch of Notre Dame games in the Coliseum. So I haven't been to a few of those. My brother uh, has been here. We were texting earlier. He went to the classic 06 game in Ohio State, Michigan. So I know that. And um, two, two, just real quick, that aren't on there, which are which are very surprising. I'm a big Kyle Field fan. When AM's rocking, man, that stadium is is loud. So I can't wait for Notre Dame to play there in a couple of years. That's gonna it's, be fun. It's on there. Yeah, it's on there. No, no, I know. No, I'm saying uh for one that's on there. I, I love oh. watching games in Kyle Field when it's rocking. It is oh, okay. great, great atmosphere. But uh I I know it, I know people aren't gonna like like this because it's by you, Brian, now, but seriously, night games at LSU, classic night games at LSU. I've had a couple of kids go there for recruiting trips. Send me videos. You, it's it's unbelievable. And then I'm a huge, huge Rocky Top fan. So maybe because some of the great games Notre Dame's played there, but same Ooh, thing. Baby. Tennessee at night. Oh, it's awesome. Parting the tee and the crowd running out. So it was just a couple that was. You can't mention Tennessee without mentioning Mike Goolsby's pick six. Come on, what are we doing? Oh, yeah, the pick six in 04, <laughs> the classic, the Notre Dame classic game in 1990, and then uh, yeah, we won't mention the Bob Davy game. In 99, but the the 04 one was was awesome. I think that was a Tennessee record, too, when Notre Dame and Goolsby pulled that huge upset that night. So those are just a couple of them. It's it's, yeah. a, it's a great list. Great yep. list. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was really good. Um, I've been of this list. I've obviously been to Notre Dame, and then I've been to Beaver Stadium. I've been for a whiteout. I went in wow. 2016 to the Ohio State game that was a whiteout. So fun. And then I've been to two Ohio State games. I was at the Ohio State-Michigan game in 2016, too. One of my best friends in college is from Columbus, so I went to two Ohio State games that year. Um, that's the famous double overtime game. That was really fun. And then I also actually went to a Cincinnati-Ohio State game like three years ago, two or three years ago. Um, still fun, but not the same vibe as Michigan-Ohio State. Um, otherwise, I've had the Rose Bowl on my list, to Tim's point, not for a UCLA home game, but for the yeah. actual Rose Bowl game on New Year's Day. I really want to go to Alabama. I really want to go to Army. Um, I'm I mean, I would go to Auburn and Georgia, but if you gave me if you and Kyle Field, if you if you said to me go to an SEC stadium, what's your first pick? It would be Alabama or Ole Miss, I think. Um, because I really want to go to the Grove. Um, and then otherwise you love um, Lane Kiffin, you know. So I do love Lane Kiffin, but also I love tailgating in the grove i think i've never done it but based on what i've been told it sounds like something that i would enjoy um <laughs> and then otherwise things yeah a couple that aren't on there that i want to go to oregon supposed to be really fun um Loud. people won't like this on here but michigan i think michigan should probably be on this list um 
Yeah, I I like the Husky Stadiums on there because Washington's not obviously like a big blue blood program, and but that's in Seattle and it's like on the water. And I think that if you went early enough in the year and you could tailgate on a boat in the river or lake or whatever's right out there, someone can probably put in the chat what that is because it's I'm loud. sure the on here is from that area or has been. But that's where I'd like to go. So yeah, Mike, how about you? Yeah, um, the big house being on there or not being on there it should probably right i mean if we're going to include the rose bowl just because of the you know the rose bowl game then yeah i I get that but otherwise eh, it's fine i mean it is awesome it's beautiful place yeah i don't i mean i don't know about like the army stadium that much i'm just gonna have to take ivan's word for it but like i'm sure the big house probably sneaks in over one of those schools. LSU, definitely. That was a thought I had. Florida, the swamp is awesome. Yeah. Um, I've been to a game at Florida State. I mean, the Florida State Stadium's awesome. My question in to – I'll throw it to Tim, and actually you can answer as well. Okay. If you were to rank this, I'm not going to make you rank it 111, but, like, where does Notre Dame stack up? Like, where would you put Notre Dame Stadium? Well – are you are you for a game day venue or I mean it's 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 got it's a top five o- iconic destination if you're gonna be if you're making a wish list of stadiums do I got I got a buddy in Southern California that does this every year he goes to a, a different venue each and every year so Notre Dame will be on everyone's top five you know when you it, as far as a destination game and yeah I know people always you know I mean Notre Dame fans I mean they love to complain right so you know they they do. <laughs> Dude, don't say all fans. Everyone, not all fans. Excuse all, me, everybody. But you know, everybody. everyone likes to talk about the the stadium and the old people sitting on their hands and all that. But I'm telling you, when Notre Dame's in a big game, that place is as loud as anywhere else in the country. So that place gets rocking. Even the Clemson game with fifteen thousand fans were loud as could be in in 2020. So, all right, we we got a good game atmospheres. Couple of good points here. Chief yeah. says Notre Dame, yes. Notre Dame Stadium is a mecca, but it's not hostile. I think that's, that's unless fair. it's a big game. Unless it's yeah. a big game, it, it is. gets hostile. Notre Dame crowd? Oh my god! You, I mean, the it class the 5 Hold on. The, yeah, the 5 SC game. I mean, Pete Carroll says you can't even hear. It was it was so loud. There are some hostile, games that are so loud. loud. The '93 game is loud. The '80. I mean, someone just loud does not game. mean hostile, in my opinion. Well, I, think it does. I think it does. I mean, at you? wait, wait, what's hostile getting batteries thrown at you and uh beer poured on you is no, that's, that's what came to mind for me. Okay. Hostile. The definition is unfriendly and antagonistic. Yeah. It's like probably, yeah kind of yelling, it's not, but yeah. to, to me, it's more of nasty, you know, okay. like, but the semantics, but I'm sorry. Yeah. Continue. Tim. No, that's fair. That's fair. I was going to say if, if hostile means nasty to you, then I don't want Notre Dame Stadium to be hostile. Yeah. That's the definite, like the Tennessee Ole Miss game this year. Like that was, I don't know if anybody on here is a Tennessee fan, but like what in the world was that? Like you don't throw golf balls at the head and Mike's going to be like, yeah. it's because you love Lane Kiffin. Like, no, it's you, probably you love Lane Kiffin. You probably just shouldn't throw a golf ball at the head of anybody. Like, I don't know. Um, I think to Tim's point and also to, I think it was Chief Brody's point about, it being a Mecca. The reason why Notre Dame Stadium gets that bad rep is because 
it is a Mecca. And therefore, whenever anybody come, whenever any away team plays there, like when Georgia came or Cincinnati or whoever, take your pick of a non-usual opponent, they take over the stadium. Like that proves that it is a Mecca, right? Like yes. that, like to Tim's point, he said wish list. I think like yeah. that is on everybody's wish list, even if it's not Death Valley or um, playing at Tennessee. I forget what's uh, Nayland. Um, but yeah, I mean that. I I see the point, but yeah, I'll, that, I'm good. When I saw the comment, <laughs> I thought he meant like not hostile in a, in a good term. It's like it's not a nasty crowd, but now I see what he's saying. It's not hostile. But then you get Steven saying Notre Dame games are always sold out. I mean. So they are. it's packed. And, yeah, um, they are. Notre Dame fans are just too nice. That's our problem. Well, speaking know? of nice, when Notre Dame when Notre Dame went to Sanford Stadium there in Georgia, that was some of the big takeaways from Notre Dame fans after the game was just how nice, how respectful Georgia was afterwards. Just like awesome that Notre Dame's here. So, and that's a loud, crazy SEC stadium, but tons of respect out of those people down there. I have a quick comment on this because cool. um, Chief, um, Chief brings right. up a good point on you know Notre Dame's a national fan base. It's not like all the locals are going to Notre Dame yep. games. Fans come from all over. Going back to Oregon State, which I mentioned earlier, I went to a game um, at Reeser Stadium and like and covered the Beavers. Like those fans, like there's not Oregon State fans outside of Oregon. <laughs> this does not really exist. Yeah. If you are an Oregon State fan outside of Oregon you moved from Oregon to go somewhere else, you know, Notre Dame, that, that, like we talked about earlier, like everyone complains, all fan bases are pretty much the same, generally speaking, because they're full of people and people generally, I mean, there's, we, we all got things. We just kind of, we're just generally saying we complain about things, you know, whatever we all got issues. But the thing that separates Notre Dame makes it so unique to so many other schools is the international even fan base yeah. as well as national. So I do love that aspect of Notre Dame for sure. Yes. Agreed. All right. We shall move into our last segment, which has to do with quarterback recruiting. Yay. So as I believe it was Friday, I was on vacation, but Dante Moore, who we're all very familiar with, committed to Oregon, which means that every quarterback that Notre Dame had offered in the 2023 class is now committed elsewhere. So they went back to the drawing board and they offered Austin Novosad out of Dripping Springs, Texas, which I believe is outside of Austin. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, he is committed to Baylor. But yeah, you can see there, Mike has up on the screen. He's a four-star quarterback, number 264 player nationally, number 14 quarterback in the 2023 Class, um, we can start with him and then maybe we can go into a broader conversation about quarterback recruiting with this class. So, Mike, I will start with you because you covered this offer and spoke with Austin. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, this one's really interesting. Definitely check out bloomandgold.com and watch the uh, YouTube video um, that Tim did. Tim and I did on this as well. We'll cover some of those points in this video as well, but um, definitely check that out. Um, Austin talked to Notre Dame maybe about 10 days ago and essentially told them, Hey, thanks, but no, thanks. Like I'm committed to Baylor, um, Texas A&M, my parents, alma maters after me, I officially visited Ohio state, um, in June and, and, and loved it. Like, I don't know. I don't need Like he was already having a hard time picking between those three, um, and, you know, just add Notre Dame would just make it more difficult. I don't think he really wanted that. But Notre Dame didn't really take no for an answer there. You know, just kept saying like, hey, 
even if you pick a different school or stick with Baylor, you know, you're too good. Other programs are going to keep recruiting you up until National Signing Day. So why don't you hear what we have to say? And Austin was like, all right, that's a fair point. Um, so Notre Dame offered him, was it on Monday? Yes. And um, it's now it's a four-team race between Baylor, AM, uh, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. Um, Ashton, permission to uh, go on one of my tangents? Sure. Permission Thank granted. Thank you. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I got uh, on three put out this, you know, an article about Novasad today, and uh, I got tagged in the graphics. So I'm seeing all these replies. And, you know, Novasad's like, I'm down to four schools. And wait, can I ask a question? Please. Yeah. Was this the thing you were going to do at the beginning that pissed you off? Oh, yeah. I'm pissed. Okay, I'm great. About this. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a planned tangent. Okay. Yeah. This would be crazy if I had an unplanned tangent here, plus two more tangents. And everyone's like, well, you're not really committed then, dude. Like, look, what, what's he going to do? Decommit from ba- Baylor's still in the running. You want him to decommit from Baylor and then two weeks later recommit just to make you happy? Like, half the country of marriages end in divorce. And, and we're like, oh, commitment, stick with your word. And we got divorce everywhere in this country, but it's a high school verbal commitment that we're going to draw the line on. Like, I, I just don't get it. Like, if the, the kid's committed, it's a placeholder, whatever. This is recruiting. Like it, it, it is what it is. He committed to Baylor in December. He's got new options now, and he's looking at them. It's his right. Um, so, recruiting and relationships often get, um, you know, kind of compared. Like, oh, imagine if I told my wife I'm dating three other women now. Like, it's that's. I mean, that's not it's just frankly thing. very much not the same thing. It's not. Um. <laughs> so, but to bring it back, Notre Dame has a shot. But I do think he's going to end up in Texas, whether that's Baylor or AM. I think if Notre Dame started recruiting him six months ago, or heck, maybe even one month ago, I think the Irish have a much better shot here, maybe two months ago. He's a strong Notre Dame kid, life after football, academics. All that stuff is important to him. He really likes the Notre Dame staff from just talking to them for a couple weeks. But it just feels like it's going to be too little too late. It's going to be an expedited recruiting process between Novasad and Notre Dame. So we'll see if they can make up some ground. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that'll happen. I was just going to say, before you go to highlights, let me go to Tim on the topic of expedited recruiting processes. Um, the comment somewhere from him that was like, I can't get up there till late July. So Notre Dame's going to send me videos, which, like, as we all know, coming to Notre Dame is like 90% of the – reason that i mean i made up 90 obviously but like you know what i mean it's like kids don't like notre dame and then they show up and they're like oh my god this is so cool so the video doesn't do notre dame justice that doesn't mean that he's not coming but that stuck out to me as kind of like that's not a knock on notre dame like if the kid can't come up till late july the kid can't come up till late july but um yeah that's a really good point i would just want to mention real quick before we go to tim so we're currently in a recruiting dead period which just means no face-to-face contact between yeah. recruit and coach. That's Good the point. gist of it. There is a break at the end of July. I think it's like the 25th through the last day of the month. And then August is all dead. So if he's going to announce the final decision before the start of his senior season, then he's going to need to visit the at the end of the month. I can't see him picking Notre Dame over AM where he's a legacy, you know, Baylor school he's committed to in Ohio state, which I think he went to twice in twice. September or excuse me, June. Wow. It's been a long year. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty important that Notre Dame gets him at the end of July. The staff obviously knows that. So something to keep an eye on. 
Tim, we'll throw it to you while Mike pulls up the highlights here. Well, I mean, we talked about, I mean, we're watching the highlights, obviously went to elite 11, was nationally ranked. It, you know, all the pundits that were there have been talking about him ever since. Like, holy moly, how do we miss out on this guy? Cause he committed to Baylor at Christmas. <laughs> Everyone forgot about him, but uh, it's funny. I was reading some stuff about him online and you know, who are the two best uh, guys that had the best pro days of all of these combines the last couple months were Austin and Mr. CJ Carr were the two best ones with accuracy at all these combines. So I thought that was pretty cool because that's a big Notre Dame thing, accuracy. But um, yeah. no, it's, it's, I'll be honest with you. It's, it's, it's frustrating, you know, seeing this kid and it's basically like Mike just says, Hey, you have a seven day window, figure this out because it is a dead period. And all of August is camp getting ready to play Ohio state. So it's a, uh, well, August so, is dead. You can't exactly you can't do it it's dead. It's so, dead. and the yeah. kids in camp getting ready to go win himself a Texas State title. So, um, which which now you know since you know Mike and I did a video on him and broke a bunch of things down. It's like if this kid doesn't, if Austin doesn't visit, what's Plan C? Because that's the next question. Yeah. That, you know, to chat about like what's going on with twenty twenty three uh, quarterback recruiting unless. They're just going to wait till September and try and flip somebody else. But uh, this kid's good. I mean, I like him. The more you watch him, he's accurate as could be. He's got unbelievable. We talked about Mike and I talked about this the other night. He's got unbelievable mechanics, arm motion. You know, he, he doesn't throw a hundred yards. He doesn't have to. He puts it on the spot. And you watch some of these, you know, some of these skinny posts he throws and cross the middle routes. He there's one play a 15 yard out route which is just on the money. So. He's a good football player. And to Mike's point real quick to get off my little rant here is what did they know about Dante and why wasn't something like this done a month ago, six weeks ago, whatever it was, because it just sure feels like since the spring game, they just been sitting around on their hands. It feels like, yeah, I could be uh, wrong, yeah. but that's what it feels like. Yeah. We talked about this in the video. Yeah. I disagree on the spring. I think it was more of when Carr committed to Notre Dame, that's when it, there was like this shift. You start, you know, I'm reporting this, others reporting like, yeah, Notre Dame's slipping for Dante Moore right around the time CJ Carr commits. And I've been told, like, I don't think those two are going to have the same school. You know, they're both from the Detroit area, you know, just not going to play the same school. I, you know, I don't have all the details there. But that might have been the the point where it's like, mm, yeah, we might not be getting Dante or we are not. That might have been the point where it's – you know, maybe yeah. early June and then get an Austin Novosad on campus for an official in June. Mm-hmm. Then we're talking about a whole different discussion here with this young man's recruitment. If Notre Dame yeah. had already hosted him for an official visit, maybe you get him on campus again at the end of July. Um, but, you know, so, they waited. You know, some Notre Dame, you know, like I, I've been told that the staff was still kind of working on Dante after Carr's commitment. But, you know, it was kind of, you know, too late there. Exactly. That's, that's the question I was going to, going to wait on. So, I mean, obviously they're working and they're working them, but there's no, but there's no visit. And that's, and that, you know, watching Notre Dame, seeing how all this stuff plays out, there's no visit. There's no follow-up. He's going to multiple places, multiple times, Oregon, LSU. He's been to a couple times, right. And, you know, and things of that nature. And plus CJ Carr has publicly come out and said after his visit, didn't he visit a week after Dante or 10 days, two weeks, what, Roughly pretty much the same time period. So when he left South Bend, he knew he was going to Notre Dame and he kind of let the, the staff know that as well from what 
the report sounds like. And that's when his dad was like, oh, chill out a little bit. Let's see what we're going to do. So didn't the staff feel the love from CJ, you know, in you know April 1st, let's say, that, that he was probably going to be coming, but nothing was coming from Dante Moore. So how did Notre Dame just not start planning this a while ago? That's my question. No, I think there's, there's good stuff coming from Dante Moore verbally, you know, in April and May. I just think it's it's an action speak louder than words kind of thing. Follow the visits. Yes. Is Mike Singer's mantra. And Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. The, um, the Dante visited at the end of March, and that was it. The last time Notre Dame's on. I was just going to add to your point, Mike, about stuff, positive stuff still coming from Dante, at least publicly, a bunch of those Twitter spaces that had recruits on them. Dante was getting on. It wasn't just one. Like I think I tweeted about the first time it happened when the Irish players club did one, but there were like several. No, Dante Dante hopped on ours. On. We did one. Yeah, Dante hopped on there yeah for a exactly. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've never worked in recruiting on the other side. So I'm hesitant to critique what they were doing because I don't know everything that happened behind the scenes, but I can see both of these points, Tim. It's like, if, if you're, if it's Dante or bust, then like, shouldn't you have some contingency plan? That being said, they didn't, they didn't. Right. Exactly. That being said, also how, how clear was it that Dante was not coming? We can opine about it all day and like follow the visits. And that's, that's good data for sure. But like, I don't really know. We don't really know like every single word that's said behind closed doors. It's kind of like a bad cop-out type of answer, but that's kind of my opinion. So, I was, go ahead. No, no, I was, I was going to say, you know, you're, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, just follow the visits, follow, how about the players? Keon Keeley, you know, the highest ranked guy in this class, the best defensive player coming to Indy since Teow and Jalen Smith. Yeah. He comes unofficially, comes to the spring game. But I mean, he's been to Notre Dame three times, since March. three times since April. Yeah. So March. Yeah. Exactly. He, he does the one with the with the, with the the walk on backer with his family. Comes up for the spring game. Comes up for an official visit, as does every single other football player. And no Dante Moore. That's what I'm thinking. Is like, come on, by June first. But you know, it's like by June first, you guys don't see this. I mean, what? How is he? How is he still saying things positively when there's no follow the visits? As Mike as Mike loves to say, and it's. And it's true 90% of the time with these guys. I, no. I will add for Notre Dame fans, you have to feel good about all this because CJ Carr's committed. If CJ Carr wasn't committed, damn, this is a tough situation to be in right now. But, you know, even if Notre Dame takes a flyer on some 2023 or misses altogether and takes a transfer, whatever the situation may be, you know, CJ Carr is – like one of the best quarterback prospects I've seen. He's just so silky smooth. Um, he, he checks every single box, the, you know, the leadership, the arm strength, the accuracy, the ability to throw on the run to the right and the left. Um, Notre Dame kid, how he's handling himself, recruiting not only his class, but the 2023s. Um, you know, CJ Carr is, 
you know, you would think that he his grandpa was a you know a a, a college coach and dad played quarterback um in in you know big time ball because like CJ carries himself like an adult and he's just 16 years old. Yeah. Um uh, Oh, hell no, we're not. Tom Tom says are we giving up on Jelly? Hell oh, no, we're go. not, man. <laughs> they didn't let me do this top 25 list at blueandgold.com most important players because I told them I was going to put Angeli at number 2 behind Joe. <laughs> That's not what happened. Hey, <laughs> real, real quick on a real quick on quarterback Mike is, you know, you said the magic word transfer. So if you know, in this, I mean, you got to talk about this scenario here for 30 seconds is whoever the starter is, the other one's probably going to have a graduate at Notre Dame already. Do they leave after this year? Which means you're down to Angeli and whoever starts in 2022. So someone leaves. So they got to get a graduate transfer if you don't get a 2023 quarterback, cool. which means for the second time in three years, how in the world is Notre Dame football having to get a graduate transfer to compete? Well, Buckner can't get a degree in two years. I, so I'm just saying if he gets one in three years, if he yeah, stays an extra yeah. semester, let's say, you know, let's say he stinks early on, Pine starts the rest of the year, and Buckner's okay. like, oh, I see the writing on the wall. I'll okay. Leave. So okay. you know, that type of scenario with Pine, oh. Pine will have his degree from what I've read. So, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. So he could grad transfer. But one of I mean, you Notre Dame's gotta assume one of them, how is how are both of them still gonna be here in 2023? Right? That's kind of a weird situation. Drew Pine loves Notre Dame. I was gonna say, he and has like, a degree, but he has his degree. He does, but like the vibe, and again, the vibes that you get from him in a spring interview. I'm not acting like this is Bible, but like when you yeah. talk to Drew Pine, like he really, to my point, he loves Notre Dame. True. Like you talk to a lot of the other players, and they're like, "Yeah, it's great here. Like, yeah, we love Marcus Freeman, whatever." And I'm not saying that's like a disingenuous. They don't like Notre Dame, but like Drew Pine will like beat it into your head that he loves Notre Dame. That's where he wants to be. And again, I'm I'm not saying he's going to transfer and someone's going to be like Ashton said he wasn't, which is not what I'm saying. But if if I had to, if I had to like take a pulse on his thoughts, I think he would be less likely to transfer than some of the other players that I've talked to. Cool. I don't know. Take it or leave it. Um, all right. We are done here, I believe, unless we have any final comment. We're getting a lot of comments um, on our side, but it's a lot of fighting about Dante and CJ. Yes. Yes, he is Kevin. He's a very good recruiter. Um, yeah, just some, yeah, good, good, yeah. good stuff in the chat tonight for sure. For sure. Um, all right. Well, we can. Is there another one you like? Yeah, I do. I like Daniel Henderson. It's from seven 47. It says, Mike, look into your tea leaves and tell me who's going to be the biggest surprise. We will see this fall. Ooh, that's a Tim Hyde, Ashton Pollard question. There was it a recruiting question. What? Daniel, uh, can you drop? Do you want surprise on the field this fall or commitment? Well, let, let's do on the field this fall. And if he wants, you know, commitment, maybe I can answer that. Okay. I'll go. I mean, the biggest, it's not, not a surprise because there's only a couple of them. But <laughs> Lorenzo Styles, there's only a couple wide receivers. I think he's going to dominate. I do. He's going to be the dude. They're going to get him the ball a ton. They're going to game plan around him. He is a stud. And I think. You know, he showed flashes a ton last year. I think Lorenzo Styles is going to be a thousand yard receiver this year because he's going to be the guy. I don't think my answer to this, I don't think he's going to be a thousand yard receiver, but I think Jaden Thomas could be a very, very serviceable receiver. He had a really good spring. People loved him. He yep. looks bigger. He is running well, blah, 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 all of that stuff. Um, I don't, again, he's not going to be their number one, but I think he could be a 
pretty good, if he stays healthy, a pretty good uh, backup that is not just a sees the field once type of guy. When I uh, real quick off that, when I see Styles is going to get a thousand, I think he's going to be this year's Michael Floyd in that he's the dude to get the ball to because I don't think the other receivers have that ability. I, I mean, like when Michael Floyd caught 100 passes, he was the guy, and and they're going to him all the time. I think Styles is going to be that guy this season, obviously good. outside of Mayer. Sure. All right. I, 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 there's no that. surprise commitment or biggest surprise. I, be, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I have no idea. So I got nothing for you, buddy. I mean, I they're like I'm reporting on everything that I think that I know to be going on. So there's no surprise you could, for me. You could recklessly speculate if you'd like. Reckless. I don't even have a name. Um, That's taken from um, the, if anybody listens to the college football inquirer pod with Pat Forty and Dan Wetzel, they always talk about recklessly speculating. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Making things up that like conceivably could happen, but like probably not. Okay. All right. Um, Caleb Downs and Samuel and Pemba commit to Notre Dame. Ooh. Could happen. Notre Dame's in the top group for both. I don't think it's going to happen, and it's it's probably reckless, but just just to, you know. We labeled it as reckless, so now nobody can say anything if you're on. So throw out the RPM on those two guys then, right? Uh, <laughs> all right, I will give you my biggest surprise. We will see this fall on the football side of things. Steve Angeli. Oh, God. I thought about it. No, uh, but no, that, that's that's joke, no. Mike Singer. You know, that, that's, that's typically how I roll. Kane Barong. Give me Kane Barong. It's not a bad one. To be a surprise performer. Who's the number two tight end, Tim? Uh, flip a coin. Flip. Exactly. Flip a coin. George Takis, Boston College. Um, you know, uh, you, you you got Mitchell Evans. I mean, you got Kane Barong. Um, you got Eli Raritan coming off an ACL. You got Holden Staves who just enrolled a couple weeks ago. Give me Kane Barong. You forgot Kane Kevin Bauman. I'm sorry? You forgot Kevin Bauman. Kevin Bauman. Yep, that's a, that's a good choice. More of a blocking tight end, probably. Yeah. No, I'm that was not my choice. I was yeah, just yeah. saying no, that no, was no, yeah, 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 yeah. I think he's more of a blocking tight end. Jared Parker, you look at his coaching history, receivers coach. Most of his yeah. career. Kane Barong was a receiving tight end. Yeah, just just throwing that out hey, there. He had, a, he had a lot of big, big time offers coming out of high school as well. So um he's I, I like that one, Mike. I like that. That's yeah, Kane Barong radar X factor. Lock it in. It's a good one. Lock it in. All right. With that, we are done here. Um, we might not be back next week because Mike is out of town. That is TBD. But we will for certain be back in two weeks. And in the meantime, we will be at blueandgold.com. Remember to sign up for a dollar for a year. That deal will not be around forever. And I know I keep saying that, but I think it actually potentially might so, be coming yeah. to a close at some point yeah. um, in the future, near future. Um, so you should go ahead and sign up so that you're not locked out. Well, not locked out, but so you don't have to pay whatever amount uh, for all of football season. I'm going to get myself in trouble here if I keep talking like this. So we're just going to go before you go hit subscribe, hit the like button. This, if you're listening back via podcast, leave us a review and we will be back in a week or two. Have a lovely night.